podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Heart and Hand, Rangers podcast, the podcast that really didn't have anything better to do with its time on a Friday night than go to Cowden Beef. This week on Heart and Hand, all rise to salute Jimmy Bell, the most powerful man in Scottish football. Welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast. My name's David Edgar. I'm your host as always. And joining me this week is none other than Mr. Colin McMillan. Hello, sir. Hello, good evening. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. A little disappointed, which we'll come to after Rangers fans' weekend was completely ruined by the late postponement of the match with Cowden Beef in the Scottish Cup on Friday night. And it kicked off some controversy, Colin, with uh, Cowden Beef officials, players, manager taking to the airwaves to tell us that they felt the game could have gone on and uh, making a few veiled comments about it was Rangers staff who weren't too happy. Now, what turned out was it was a local referee was asked by the SFA to go and have a look at the pitch um, to try and get the game postponed. If it was going to be postponed, postponed early. He felt that the pitch wasn't playable. Certainly, the Rangers uh, players officials did feel the pitch was dangerous in places. It was more than the one bit in the corner of uh, internet meme fame but uh, one of the things that made me laugh Colin was uh, a throwaway remark by Donald Finlay and long term listeners will know I'm no fan of Donald Finlay at all, having had dealings with the guy he's not a good person shall we say and uh, therefore I'm not likely to, to jump to his defence particularly but in this instance in an interview with Rock Sport Radio he quite clearly made a joke about Jimmy Bell being the one to get it called off and the press ran with that as if Rangers kit man had somehow ordered the calling off so I was thinking about things that Jimmy Bell could have been involved in that we didn't know we've got to start with the Kennedy assassination call well definitely where, where was was he at that grassy knoll <laughs> yeah Jimmy Bell can, can you account for your movements on the 22nd of November 1963 Jimmy uh, I, I think that we the, the public have a right to know, and then there's two days later, and that's you know that that's just one incident. So uh, that's maybe one for the listeners. If you can let us know what what do you think Jimmy Bell's been up to? Um, do I we... think um, he was he was supposed to be the guy looking out for icebergs on the Titanic. Apparently, mm-hmm. apparently he was a Victorian gentleman seen stalking round areas of ill repute in the late nineteenth century. <laughs> I'm just saying, never ever been never ever been brought to justice that lad either. There's so much that Earl Jimmy has been up to, and here we thought that he just laid out the strips. It's always a quiet one you've got to watch, Colin. It is, and I know we joke a bit about how nobody knows how high this thing goes, but. Even I didn't know Jimmy Bell was now running football. No, Jimmy Bell is now officially, yes, and was powerful man in football. Uh, We'll come to that in a minute. But first of all, the actual actual calling off of the game. I have to admit that with a couple of days to to kind of calm down, um, I'm no expert. I didn't see the pitch. I can't comment on it. But it was a really disappointing thing to have happened because... Three weeks we'd waited, wanted to get a look at Defoe, wanted to get a look at Stephen Davis and... Five o'clock, boom, game taken away from us. Yeah, really, really disappointing. Um, you and I were recording uh, for one of the Patreon shows when it was announced on the Friday afternoon and we were both quite raging at the time. We'd obviously finished December with a bit of a bang. Transfer news had been going well and we are all just buzzing to see the team playing again. 
Um, me in particular, I'm a big fan of the Friday night games as well, so I thought that was going to be good as well. So yeah, really, really annoying at the time. Sort of emotion takes over, and you're just annoyed and pissed off, and you don't really look at is the pitch really that bad? Is it genuine? But you're right when you see the pictures and you hear what different people are saying. It probably was the right thing because the last thing we need is players get injured on a bad pitch they shouldn't be playing on. We've seen enough of that already this season. Correct. We've seen that with Kilmarnock, um, and we always have that worry about Livingston. So it would have been an unnecessary risk. And I think the fact that the club has been relatively calm about it, you haven't heard anything. From Rangers suggesting they were massively upset by it. Cowdenbeath clearly wanted the game played. Uh, they badly wanted to, to get it on, but uh, if it was the pitch, it was the pitch. And I know that some people have said, isn't that Scottish football in a nutshell, that uh, we wait three, we have a winter break, and then the first game back gets postponed. It is, but the winter break isn't especially for postponement. That's not the reason it was brought in. Uh, otherwise, it would apply to lower divisions. It's It's been brought in really to give the top league arrest because players have long complained about it and there is a feeling that towards the end of the season players have got nothing in the tank and I think in all honesty Colin that winter break we needed it when it came along we really did yeah well we definitely did and to be, we play in Scotland if you're going to have breaks for the weather you probably need to take off December January February March just to be on the safe side so yeah it is easy to just make that joke and say it's the most Scottish football thing ever but it's pretty genuine. But the break wasn't for weather, it was to get the players back recuperated again. Um, I, I, I will say though, this isn't probably going to be the last game that gets called off for the weather. Um, going over the last few years, February, it's tends to be worse than January. So I still think we'll see a few more of this and it might lead to some fixture pile-ups, but it's one that I don't think we can really blame the break or the timing of the break or anything around it. No, and, and like I say, I think we did need the break. I'd rather have a fixture pile-up in a month or two when the players have, have had a rest and just continue on because they were dead in their feet and had they had more fixtures to play they couldn't have put the effort in and gave us a performance in the old firm match without some some real problems afterwards the gaffer of course speaking about emptying the tank and that's exactly what the players did that day so moving on then um, to the oh before we go though uh, the winter break isn't the most Scottish thing in, in history but trying to defrost a pitch with a car exhaust might well be. Well, it's a stock car racing track, isn't it? So the, the, the cars point. are obviously handy for it, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> That's a good it's point. It's a bit outside the box thinking, I suppose, but still, it's, <laughs> it's bonkers. Did they try the kettles? Did they try walking around there with a few kettles? Because that's what I'd have done, right? Frozen bit of ground makes sense, doesn't it? Some kettles. <laughs> Go I hope we get the old uh, hairdryer and extension lead. You need a big extension lead, in all fairness, to to get it out onto a, the far side of a football pitch. That that is quite a big extension. You need several. Um, although, as the Bloodhound Gang said, John Wayne would never use a surge protector. So uh, <laughs> that, that just shows you that uh, we've been, the the pussification of our nation continues apace. Anyway, moving on. Then we are still in the hat, <laughs> as the saying goes. And when the draw came out, the SFA clearly something's gone wrong because we've been drawn away again, and uh, not the easiest draw in the world. Rugby Park against a Kilmarnock, a good Kilmarnock side, which we'll talk about a little bit in terms of the preview. But um, at least we know the game will go ahead. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you go purely by the league table, we're up against uh, probably the second hardest draw we could get. Um, but we brushed them aside in the League Cup pretty easily. And I think we're a better team now than we were then. And we're probably a little bit weaker, considering they've lost Greg Stewart and things like that. So not a bad draw. It'll go ahead. There'll be plenty of tickets available as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it could have been a lot worse. 
It gives us the possibility, though, of something that I remember is happening to us, and it's happened to us with Celtic before, but happened to us with uh, Dunfermline in season 2002-2003, where if we draw that match, and at least a replay, we'll have played Kilmarnock seven times this season, which is just utterly ludicrous, isn't it? And, you know, I, I can't think of many things that you'd want to do seven times in a calendar year. Well, many things that you could do you know, in public anyway. And it's one of the the reasons why Scottish football, I think, has this claustrophobic sense about it because there's very rarely anything fresh. It seems to be the same thing over and over and we're fed a diet of pretty much repetitious, the same thing happens time after time. We're going to see about as much of Kilmarnock as most people from Ayrshire. Yeah, we'll see more of them than most of the fans will, mm. to be fair. So it's... It's just one of the things that it, it leads to a big, far bigger debate over league structure, the number of teams in the league, the split, how it all works. But it's just a, a charism of Scottish football at the minute that you do play the same teams over and over again. It's just something we're stuck with at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I mean, I do understand that, that people maybe point to the, the small teams and say, well, they're not that good. And my argument is, is well, the teams in the Championship, I don't think, are significantly worse than the teams at the bottom of the SPFL. I don't think there's a huge gap, in all honesty. So I don't necessarily buy that argument, particularly. And I think it would be worth trying, but it's never going to happen because teams want their two trips to play the old firm every year financially. And Kilmarnock certainly won't be com- uh, complaining about getting Rangers to two draws because they'll make a, a very hefty chunk of cash with it. So fair enough. Game will obviously be picked for television. And we'll come back to an upcoming Kilmarnock game um, before later. But before that, we had... A fixture against HJK Helsinki, a friendly, which had, uh, I think, seemed a bit of a contra- the, the live album, the contractual obligation uh, match. And the timing of it looked a little odd because, you know, two days after a match and you know, in January, not during the break. And it appeared that Rangers had just scheduled this. We're going to play pretty much a youth team, get it out of the way. 12 o'clock on a Sunday, you know, the, it was quite apparent they weren't making a big deal of this match. However, with the postponement on Friday night, then Stephen Gerrard obviously took the opportunity to, as he put it, get 45 minutes into the legs of the players. And Rangers used 24 players over the two halves with a completely different team taken to the field in the second half than for the first. First of all, calling over 21,000 at that match on a Sunday at 12 o'clock in January, at the tail end of January. That is unbelievable. It is, it's phenomenal. It's it's there's not many clubs that could do that and it's just a testament to the fans we have, the appetite to see the team after three weeks of a break. And probably the the Friday night cancellation maybe added an extra couple of thousand to the gate. I know they, they brought on paying the gate to some of the corners and stuff on the day. So yeah, it's amazing and it's quite quite good to see on social media as well the amount of people taking their kids for the first time and sort of introducing them to the whole match day experience and I think that's actually a really good type of game to do that and get the next generation in and involved in stuff like that so that's been great to see as well Yeah I think so, I, I love that that uh, the average age of the crowd at these matches is quite low obviously it's a bit cheaper if you want to take a whole family so to introduce kids, uh, a friend of mine, uh, her son it was his first game yesterday and he loved it so uh, yeah I, I do see the value in it but it, it proves quite valuable I think from a football point of view first half Rangers lined up 
um, with I think probably what we would consider the, the first team I think that's fair to say debuts uh, for Jermaine Defoe and uh, a second debut for Stephen Davis and uh, you know Defoe I thought looked movement was excellent a little bit ring rusty in front of goal maybe the, uh, should have scored one uh, could have had another but for his first game back uh, and a half-paced kickabout in all honesty I don't think we were expecting fireworks no, it was just it was, for me. It was all about just seeing him in that strip, and it was actually real, and um, that was great. You're right about the movement and the positioning. He was in the box and getting himself in the positions, ready for passes and things like that, which we've not really seen that much this season because our main man being forward has been Morelos, and he's does a lot of the creative stuff himself. It's been it was just different, and it was so good to see that, and it does make me think things are going to be good, and he is going to do well once he gets up to match fitness, and probably more importantly, his teammates get used to him and his runs and his personal skills as well. Rangers started with a four four two with a diamond, um, which had Stephen Davis almost as the quarterback, just sitting pinging passes, which was a, a bit of a departure from what we've seen from him before. It is, but we did we did say we were going to get a different Stephen Davis than what we had before. And I think doing that sort of role and to some of the passes he was picking about yesterday, he is still going to be highly, highly effective. He is still a class above most in this league. And you can tell that he's matured, got better. He's got a lot more in his locker due to the spell he's had playing in the top league in England. Yeah, and, and some of his, his ball play yesterday was outstanding. And you think, oh, he's going to do us uh, a real turn in there. But uh, it was 1-1 at half-time, so I think we really do need to treat it as two matches from a Rangers point of view. 1-1 at half-time, Rangers took the lead. Wonderful goal, Alfredo Morelos playing a superb through ball to Scott Arfield, who finished it magnificently. But then right from kick-off, the Finns went forward, and perhaps you see a problem with this formation. It leaves the full-backs quite exposed. Tav got caught out. Ball was played across the bot. John Flanagan had been playing at centre-half. He stepped out when he shouldn't have. Joe Worrell couldn't cut the cross out and uh, Andy Halliday lost the runner who came in and scored it. So you, you saw the good and the bad of that formation. One thing I'm intrigued by, Colin, is Alfredo Morelos, who has had a fantastic season, he's been playing brilliantly. But I think a few of us have long had the suspicion that Alfie doesn't really care for striking partners. Particularly, I think he likes being the main man with two wingers either side servicing him. And a, a, a friend of mine said, let's do a drinking game where you take a shot of vodka every time Alfie passes to Jermaine Defoe. I said, I guarantee you, David, you'll still be sober by the end of this contest. <laughs> is that a concern or is it just a case of saying to Alfie, look, you're the main man, you're going to play, but for Christ's sake, occasionally pass the ball to him. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a concern. I think it's a good point to make because we saw it last season with um, him and Cummins. Didn't really work together. Um, you could see a lot of the time when, he, when Morelos was getting subbed off and Cummins was coming on, it wasn't so much a hug or a cuddle as it went on. It was a quick high five and away you go. Morelos angry to be going off. Him and Lafferty haven't really worked either. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Defoe need to work. So we need to do something. And I think once you're right have a conversation with Morelos he's still the top man he's still our talisman we just maybe need him to play a slightly different role and work with a partner to be fair we've not asked him to do it all that often I don't know how often he played with a partner um, at Helsinki either so maybe it's just something that's totally new to him he's never had to do so let's wait and see they'll be working on it because we need the two of them in the team I think I don't think we bring in Defoe and we pay him what the nonsense the papers are saying we're paying him to sit on the bench so it's it needs to work, so I think for anyone else will get better. It'll, it'll work out, and they will work well together, given time. 
Second half saw Rangers bring on um, 11, as I say, 11 changes. A lot of youngsters came on and played. Uh, Robbie McCrory, Jordan Houston, Stephen Kelly. Later on, we saw Cammy Palmer. And I thought they all did well. I think that uh, Robbie McCrory probably wouldn't want to look at um, Helsinki's second equaliser again, um, which was a, just a complete defensive. In fact, it was a complete mess from everyone concerned with Rangers because RTV missed it. Um, yeah. But uh, overall, I thought that the boys that came in did well. With Stephen Kelly, who was in the, the team for the tournament in Stuttgart that I attended recently, and he was, I thought, one of Rangers' outstanding players. Uh, I know that, that our tactics team boys, Adam, and uh, also our, our preview guy, Alex, feel that he's maybe lacking a little bit physically at the moment to jump into the first team. But ability-wise, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, he's certainly shown the ability, he's certainly shown the potential, he's shown he's got somewhat of a football brain for somebody so young. Um, if he does bulk up and get a little bit bigger, which I think he needs to do just to play in Scotland because of the type of defences that we pop against and the type of thugs and animals we play against most weeks, he, he pretends to go on to really, really look out for and really do well. But I think of all the young guys yesterday, nobody really looked out of place, they all that showed some sort of worth and it would be great for them from an experience point of view playing at the stadium playing in front of a decent crowd and really letting Stephen Gerrard see what they can do they, I don't know if you know or not the only one I was surprised not to see yesterday was Andy Dallas was he injured or was he playing somewhere else yesterday? I think just that he wanted the, there were players ahead of him to play um, really? for instance, yeah, I'd love yeah, to see him that's, that was the only one I was really missing so I'd love to see him get a chance to see what he could do He's uh, along with uh, Dapo and Beauty he wasn't there either but they both uh uh, they both got into the first team squad earlier this season, so they're very much chapping at the the manager's door, so to speak. Uh, I don't think literally. I think in terms of the performances, um, but I think no, he wanted to obviously first half Defoe and uh, he wanted to go with Defoe and Morello. Second half, he wanted to give Kyle Lafferty the the forty five, and Rangers would run out three two winners. We uh, would score um, a second goal and uh, a nice bit of play that it was as well because it led to a corner swung in by Borna Barisic uh, and up-towered big Nico Katic remind us what he can do in the box literally from kick-off a long ball over the top takes out Katic and Gareth McCauley Robbie McCrory's caught no man land and it's an easy finish for the Helsinki player but then Rangers with 15 minutes to go a mistake from their goalkeeper after some good pressing by Rangers leads to him kicking the ball straight to Daniel Kandias who smashed it back into the goal and a 3-2 victory Daniel Kandias captain for that that second half something that uh, he seemed to appreciate and it made you suddenly think Colin that after a lot of times this season looking at our bench and thinking not a lot there that you're looking at that yesterday and thinking, hang on a minute, all of a sudden there's there's depth here, there's options. Oh, for sure. There is I was looking ahead to the obviously the commander game that we'll talk about, but when you look at what you think the team's gonna line up at and what you think the bench will look like, you've still got players like Gresda, Murphy, Dorans that aren't even close to the team at minute due to injury. You've got now maybe quite a few different players that can support the attack and Lafferty, Middleton, Defoe, Morelos. And then you've got players like Koulibaly and Rossiter, probably Halliday in time, sitting on the bench or fighting for midfield places. We're not short of players. And even when we were this time last year, when we were struggling to put a bench out at times, it's such a difference. And we're really going because we're really going places in terms of having a decent, strong squad, I think. Now, one of the, the things which picked up after the match were some... Unusual comments by Stephen Gerrard. Borna Barisic in the last seconds of the match 
um, was in the end of a tackle and he went down and it looked for about a minute very serious indeed. He was very upset. He was uh, beating the tough with his fists, um, grimacing in a lot of pain, it looked like. And my my reaction was, oh, he, shit, he's gone. That's a serious one. And he's, he's going to be bothered. But he was able to walk off the pitch. And afterwards, the manager was asked about it and he said... Uh, he was asked if he was all right, and he said, well, you need to ask Borna, to be honest. I was really worried when he seemed to hit the turf about 55 times. Good random number choice, Gaffer. Yeah, about, very good number choice. Yeah, I like that. About 55 times, but no, I think he's okay. And people have suggested, and I think with cause, that following his comments earlier in the season, that he felt that Borna Barisic and Eriskrejda had to toughen up a little bit to play in this league that he may have some concerns with, shall we say, the robustness of Borna Barisic. Yeah, so we've heard him sort of make comments already, I think, about Barisic and about Cresta, about them needing to toughen up. And it, it does surprise me because in the games that he played against us, he certainly looked tough enough um, when he was playing against us in the early rounds of the Europa League. <coughs> and I know that when you wear a bandage in your head, it makes you five times stronger. So maybe it's not a correct comparison, but... For me, I think uh, Gerard got a, got a bit of a fright at the end of the game because, relatively speaking, we spent quite a lot of money on this guy. He is by far our left back and we've not really been able to use him. We finally get him back fit and it did look like a really, really bad challenge and it looked like he was in a lot of trouble. If that was him just doing the foreigner thing, trying to bang the ground a couple of times, make it look worse than it was, then it's not a good look and it does make the manager worry and that was the last thing Gerard needed. And I think that frustration went into the comments he made as well. That that was very Brexit of you there, Colin, to say the foreigner thing. Um, well, I think when it comes to footballers and diving or making more of an injury, I, I don't think that's pure Brexit. That's a more of an exclusive football thing. I don't know. I think that's a bit farage for me, mate. But uh, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like Bonabaris. I I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that after being out for two uh, two injuries, that he was probably thinking when it went in, oh no, not again. And yeah. you know those first few seconds after you get a hit, well, you, you know you're in pain and you're waiting to see if you can shake it off. I wonder if he just panicked a little bit. But I mean, if it's in the manager's mind, it's something he's going to have to work to get rid of because the manager ain't going to change his mind overnight. I'm sure he didn't arrive at this conclusion overnight. And the old caveat of we don't see them in training, we don't know what they're like as people springs to mind here, but yeah, he is going to have to do uh, a bit of work. So, overall, um, a, a pretty good day for Rangers, and onwards to the league match, and uh, to, to recycle a joke from earlier, at least we know the game will go ahead, because we're off to Rugby Park to play Kilmarnock this week, uh, on their, uh, shall we say, uh, rather controversial plastic pitch, a pitch that a lot of us, uh, your host included, blame for Jamie Murphy's injury earlier this season. You're right though, Rangers absolutely swept Kowarnik away that day and Alfredo Morello's hat-trick well four goals actually he'd won perfectly good one disallowed <laughs> and Kowarnik who've had a great season they've drawn with us at Ibrox already in the league um, they've lost Greg Stewart who was in a rather strange deal uh, recalled by Birmingham and then loaned out to Aberdeen something that appears to have left Kowarnik fuming um, he's been probably their, their player of the season along with Jones so they are a bit weakened and of course there is this rather peculiar 
uh, modern football scenario of Jordan Jones having already signed for Rangers and everyone knowing it in the summer um, will be playing for his current employers against his future employers Colin so there's uh, subplot City Ahoy there's, yeah, there's lots about it. Um, even just look at the team. I, I, for me, I thought this team was going to take care of itself, but now there's quite a few questions about it. In the build-up to uh, Cowden Reef, Gerard mentioned how disappointed he was that McCrory was suspended because the players that played against Celtic earned the shirts and deserved to keep, deserved to keep them. So for me, I thought we're going to see most of the, the team that lined up against Celtic in the 29th playing the games. They've won those shirts sort of thing. But then he spoke about Defoe and Davis both starting, which kind of threw a bit of a spanner in the works. And... I'm really not sure what we're going to see. Um, I don't know if Goldson is going to make it or not yet. Um, I'm not too sure if Barisic is ready for a start or if it's still going to be Halliday at left back. So there's a little bit up in the air. Hopefully a little bit more comes out after the press conference tomorrow. Um, but I think he's at least seen 24 players yesterday. It's probably given him a little bit more of something to think about maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll get Defoe and Davis into the into the side. But but you're right, I mean, it's a tough away game. We may decide to use one of them off the bench. I'd be surprised if Davis didn't play. I can see Defoe possibly starting on the bench. But uh, I think he'll want to unleash Morelos on. And Morelos has got four goals against him. He got another one in that league match. when Rangers made a, a, enough chances to win, but just couldn't put Kilmarnock away in the defended quite resolutely against it. Now, we've spoken about this uh, already, um, even in the, the Heart and Hand on Friday, the Heart and Hand Extra. These are big matches. Uh, we've got them, we've got Livingston, we know that. But you have to put that uh, plastic pitch worry out of your mind and go out there and produce. Yes, the pitches are rotten. We don't like them. We know that Kilmarnock are looking potentially at ripping theirs up and putting grass in next season, which is great news. But it is what it is. I mean, it's not going to change this week. So we've got to be focused and go there and pick up the points. Yeah, definitely. And we do need to stop having it as this ready-made built-in excuse or this ready-made fear before a game and go into one of them and just really forget about them and try and play our game. Probably the only caveat I would hold in that is players just returning from injury. I would probably still be very cautious about them and put them back into the team for the first time on that sort of a surface unless we really had to. But yeah, we need to kind of go over this plastic pitch thing and just deal with it because they're there. They're not going to be anytime soon and we're going to play on them up to 10, 12 times a season going to the number of clubs that have got them. Um, at the training ground, we must have some sort of pitch that's similar, do we not? Yeah, we do. So I, I wonder if in the weeks prior to this game we make use of that and we use it that way and try and train more on that sort of a surface to get more used to it. But yeah, it's something we need to just kind of eradicate. To be fair, the manager has never really blamed them for stuff before games or mentioned them too much in the build-up, um, other than obviously the injury to Murphy. But it doesn't really matter what pitch we're on. We should be beating your likes of Kamarnock, your likes of Livingston and the rest of the teams that play in these pitches. So it's, it shouldn't be the big thing that it seems to have became. No, absolutely agree. The Jordan Jones thing, it's, it's, it happens, not not just here, it happens in other leagues as well. Um, it's not going to be easy for the guy, but he's, unfortunately for us, he's got to go out and give it everything for the people who are paying his wage. That's the reality of the situation. Yeah, it, it won't be easy, and um, it probably won't be made any easier by the fact that the Kilmarnock fans will probably boo him, and the Rangers fans will probably cheer him at the start of the game. But he's a professional, he'll do what he needs to do. And I, I don't have any. He seems a guy that's got his head pretty much screwed on, bar the the odd tweet when he first makes a signing. But it, it just adds, like you say, something interesting to the game. And Clark will definitely play him. He's one of his best players, and he's the sort sort of stubborn sort of manager that isn't going to not play him 
uh, because of something like this. You, you think he would rather play him and take the risk of it maybe not working out, but he will play him to make a point, I think. And to be fair, he should do. He has his player until the end of the summer. He's made it pretty clear we're not going to get him before then. So they're quite within their rights, but he's a professional. He's going to do what he needs to do for Kamarnock. And I don't think we, could, we shouldn't we shouldn't really think less of him if he does. Yeah, and I, I hope that Rangers, I, I know most Rangers fans will, but I hope that others, if you know, he does something good in the game or he scores or whatever, they remember that he isn't our player yet. And yeah. you, you, if we had a guy in that circumstance, we'd be expecting him to give us everything. So it works It works both ways. What's your prediction for the match then, Colin? Uh, I think given given the importance and the kind of buzz that's still around the club from the 29th, I think we, we, we win on Wednesday. I, I just don't see us achieving what we did on the 29th and then throwing it away in our next league game and making it kind of worthless. So for me, I think we'll win with a goal or two to spare. I, I think that's the game where Defoe, either from the start or off the bench, gets his first goal. I'm going for 2-1 Rangers. I don't think it'll be easy, but I think we'll do enough. I think we'll have a, enough quality to overcome Kilmarnock. Um, it'll be a, a, a tough game. But you're right, we've got to keep that momentum going and a win there would, would most certainly do that. Now, before we before we head off, um, uh, yes, it's a, a slightly shorter show this week. Don't blame us, blame Cowden Beath uh, <laughs> for removing something for us to talk about. I'd like to just draw people's attention to an article by Davy Proven. Yes, still a thing, apparently. Um, this weekend in the Sun, where he condemned Dave King um, for spending money Rangers don't have uh, on trying to stop Celtic getting ten in a row, saying Rangers are headed for another liquidation. Now you'll remember this is the same Davy Proven who said we should be going after uh, we should be going after Mike Ashley because he has lots of money and he would have spent money on us. Doesn't spend money in Newcastle, but would spend money on us. Um, to to help us get back to where we belong. Then in the summer, complained that Dave King wasn't spending any money and wasn't backing his manager. Colin alluded to earlier with uh, some fantastical tales that Rangers are spending sixty five thousand pounds a week um, on Jermaine Defoe, which is bollocks. <laughs> incidentally, uh, Proven is I think just an example of something we've noticed as Rangers fans over the last 10 years, which is don't spend money, then, well, you, you're you so tight, you're not backing a manager. Spend money, where are you getting this money from? You're going bust. Almost like we can't win, Colin. No, we can And to be fair, David Proven is he's a dinosaur of kind of Scottish football past who is only really getting gigs in newspapers and stuff like this when he does talk shite like this. Um, it's... It's bonkers, it's nonsense, and it's people without any knowledge in any sort of situations just running their mouth on things that they don't know anything about. There's no way, nobody with half a brain knows that you're not paying £65,000 a week to anybody. Um, it's just crazy, and this is the sort of thing that unfortunately the Scottish media still holds on to and still prints and still makes a big deal out of. Um, it's, it's crazy, but it does kind of feed right into the whole self-coitus that half the city have, and you're right, we're not spending any money because we're skint, or we are spending money because we're going up the same path again. We'll be um, liquidation number 12 coming up and all this sort of stuff. It's just crazy. I mean, there's even been stuff being peddled this week that the game was stopped on Friday night because we needed the gate receipts for Sunday. It's absolutely crazy. But unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be going away because there's always Sunday with a big mouth and a newspaper will to my printer. Yeah, I just think it, it's telling. It's very much a part of that yous are supposed to be deed mentality and the Rangers do things like sign De- De- Defoe and Davis like bring in Stephen Gerrard 
they can't believe it because they're, they're trying, no, hang on a minute, this isn't supposed to happen, this is finished, these days are gone, and yet they don't. And I think they struggle to cope with it. I don't think that they can, can take it in. But <laughs> I, I don't think people, you mentioned the word dinosaur, I don't think people at Proven have quite figured out the internet yet that if you say something in June and then you say something in September and then you say something in January and they're all different, it doesn't take people long to find them. You know, the old adage about today's papers are tomorrow's fish and chip wrapping doesn't quite count in the internet age. And comments like that don't go away. So you just look stupid. And not only do you look stupid, you look like a liar and you look like someone who just says the first thing that comes, or says rather, I'm sure, what the newspaper asked you to say. And it, it removes any lingering concerns about that that you might have some credibility. You clearly don't. You've got no credibility, no morality, and on top of that, you seem to be quite content to look really stupid, which indicates that you're also a bit of a moron. Yeah, that's it. It's, they'll say anything or print anything for the for the headline, for the clickbait articles, and the, the guy saying it will do it just to get that little bit of money for that column. It's There's not been any credibility in the vast majority of the mainstream media and the mainstream journalists for a long time. I think if they started knocking out like, the Pulitzer Prize winning journalists at now, it, it still wouldn't fix it. They're just a mess and it's not going to get any better. So it's going to be this way, unfortunately, until the newspaper game dies and it all does go just online yeah, because they're too far gone and they're, they've not really got anything to hold on to. So these articles will still come out. David Proven will still say stuff like this. Bill Leckie will say worse stuff because they're just hanging on because they know they're on a thread, basically. They've not got that long to go. And we look forward to that day. Okay, folks, thank you very much for listening to, to Colin and I this evening. Um, we'll be back with Heart and Hand Extra on Thursday um, when we'll discuss, obviously, Rangers' trip to Ayrshire. But uh, if you want to keep up with Heart and Hand every single day and get all sorts, all manner of shows uh, right across an entertainment spectrum, and uh, <laughs> I, I do mean that because as well as obviously loads of Rangers content, loads of football content, we have uh, plenty of other stuff as well. You will enjoy it, I'm sure. It's just one ninety nine per month. Go and sign up. And if you don't enjoy it, well, it was only one ninety nine, wasn't it? But I'm sure you will. And uh, to get there, to just go to your Google machine and put in patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. That's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand thank you very much to our executive producers in London Mr Mike Lee and Paul Myers and to my guest tonight the lovely Mr Colin McMillan absolute pleasure David we will be back on Thursday and until then folks I hope your team wins take care bye Podcast Network.